When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. So last time we were trying to go to approach a, a creepy stone in in a cave in the blustery woods near Stage near Stagehold. And the last couple of times, the terror was too much, and I was and I was dro- driven away. This time, if this time. I passed all the checks, I girded my loins, overcame my fears, and have grabbed the stone. 64 experience to general. As you take hold of the grey stone, the green glow that envelops it fades. You stare down at the plain, smooth, fist-sized rock clutched securely in your stand, in your hand. A closer examination of the stone reveals three small figures have been carved into its smooth surface. The arms and legs of each of the figures are angled awkwardly with respect to their bodies. The strange item now safely amongst your other belongings, you turn and make your way out of the chamber. View the dreadstone. Three small figures, each with its arms and legs angled awkwardly with respect to their bodies, are carved into the smooth surface of this fist-sized grey stone. It's a dread stone, and I have it. Yeah, Alright, that finishes off getting the first dread stone. Now making my way out of the cave, leaving the cave... Bye-bye forever, Sage Holt. I don't think I'll be going back. Now, I'm Italy. Now, let's see. Now, now at any time I could... Now, most of the time I'll be able to just fight against that that big, that big pup, puppy wolf thing. But uh, it's not really that. It's not really that interesting. Visit the Goblin Claw Inn. You've heard that. You've heard this enough. Enter the inn. Take a seat in the common room. Ooh, a new quest. Beggars delve. But that will be for another time. Approach Steinbach's table. 
Heimbach looks up at you as you near his table and smiles. The Eusensius seemingly friendly grin is a calculated gesture, rather than the genuine actions you approach. Here's my capable apprentice, he announces with a laugh. I'm tossing out jest soup. Come, have a seat, and I'll fetch you some ale. Accept the offer and sit at his table. Feinbach asks you about your recent adventures and tells you that he's putting together a grand scheme that he hopes to invite you to participate in. Okay, now let him have a look at my items. Feinbach rubs his hands together and his eyes widen as he carefully looks over the items currently in your possession. A treadstone! Feinbeck grimaces and quickly casts his gaze about the comp room, as if he suddenly regrets speaking the name aloud. Where did you find this one? Willing to make you quite an offer. For all three. There are three of them, you know. Alright, next. Come on, come on, next page. You are offered to let Feinbeck take a closer look at the stone, but he's quick to refuse. I prefer not to spend an inordinate amount of time with things of that nature, he says, glancing wearily at the stone. I would be interested in the whole trio, though. Let me know if you come across any more of them. Dimeback pauses for a moment and then says something that pikes piques your interest. Do you know, Zoop, the next time we meet here, I might just have something for you. Bit of information, just perhaps. Okay... Feinbeck goes into a lengthy account of one of his more recent adventures, and while you're certain he's embellished one or two points, you have no reason to doubt his rather fantastic tale of heroism is true. Feinbeck rubs his hands together and his eyes widen as he carefully looks over the items currently in your possession. Feinbeck plays particular attention to only a select few items, that's Kyodra's Serpent Wing. Runeskin's wing, shimmering silver mace, Giardra's staff, Rundle's crimson tabard, and the glittering ice shield. Frozen. Some interesting things to be sure. I'll have nothing more than to take a look at what you've got from time to time. If something strikes me, I'll quite likely make you an offer for it. I must admit I covet the rare and the unusual. Feinberg leans back in his chair and stretches his arms up behind his head. You haven't found any more of the Dreadstones, have you? Well, be sure to let me know if you find the other two. Fare you well, Zoop. And mind that you stay out of my favourite stomping grounds, of course. A jest, Zoop, a jest. With that, you take your leave of Feinberg. Okay, move elsewhere. In the common room, saving... Uh. Ooh, okay, Thyback has something new to say now. This ought to introduce Thyback, lowering his voice and leaning across the table as you lower yourself into the seat. I found the location of Garthwin the Great's hidden lair, and he's got a link. Garthwin the Great, a master elementalist from an age now relegated to, dust, to the dusty pages of ancient histories, Gathwin has assumed a legendary status, 
not only because of his profound skill with elemental magic, but, but, but because it's believed he once possessed all three of the fabled dreadstones. The later years of his life are shrouded in mystery, but there are few details of them to be found. Even amongst the ancient histories, the location of his lair, a place a place where he long studied and perfected his mastery of elemental arts, has remained a topic of great speculation, particularly among adventurers, who believe that one or more of the dreadstones may lie in wait for he or she who is fortunate enough and brave enough to find it. You are immediately intrigued by what he has said, for the location of the legendary mage, Mage's hidden lair has long been the subject of rumour and speculation amongst the adventuring elite. It's quite a bit better than just that, though, he says, casting a weary gaze about the conwood before continuing. Happen to know that in, in that place one might to find one of the rather infamous dreadstones, you know, like the one you've already found. A strange look suddenly passes over Brian Back's face. But the master adventurer appears to make great effort to compose himself. I dare not play any sort of game, Zoop, he says, sitting back in his chair. In fact, I'll have it be known that I wish for you to be the one to investigate this lair. This lair, Catherine's last abode. If there's a dreadstone to be found within it, I can think of no one more capable to retrieve it. A tense silence follows his revelation as you attempt to discern his motives to contemplate what he has just related to you. Of course, he says, as if he's uncomfortable with the length of the silence. If you're not at all interested, I'm happy to undertake this minimal endeavour myself. You certainly use divination. Proceeded. He immediately sensed that at the time back his desperate view to explore the lay spoken of. He also sensed he believes this endeavour will lead to the discovery of another of the dreadstones. Ask him to tell you the location of Gatherin's lair. Hembrook smiles and tells you to find out the location of the lair. You need to travel to Talonus and meet a confederate of his. A woman known only as Silver. I dare say I can't tell you how she's earned a name such as that, he says. But she never seems at a loss for interesting bits of information. Much like that which she's trying to peddle now. The location of Gatherin's lair. You asked Fanbuck where in Thailand you're supposed to find the woman known as Silver, but he tells you to visit the Iron Claw Weapon Market. She haunts that old rock shower most of the time, he says. When you find her soup, you'll need to give her this. Unless, of course, you have a firm desire to part with any of your own wealth to obtain the information. Fanbuck produces a small wooden cube and hands the curious object to you. The cube... No larger than a coin, is marked on all six sides by carvings that seem to represent various phases of the moon. It's a carved wooden cube view. Each of the six sides of this coin-sized wooden cube engraved what appear to be various phases of the moon. She'll find that to her liking, he says. It'll save you from having to part with anything of yours. You need not worry that she'll give you the correct location for the lair either. She knows better than to try anything of the kind with me. Or someone like yourself. 
With that, you bid Fireback farewell, and tell him you will find the woman known as Silver in Talonless, and then see if her information indeed leads you to the long-lost lair of Garthwin the Great. Best of luck, Soup, he says, as you make ready to depart. For feeling that the next time we see each other, you'll be in possession of another of the Dreadstones. You bid the renowned adventure farewell, and promptly make your way out of the Goblin Claw. Alright, south to Gren, southwest Tauser, central Tauser, Talonus, west. And now, Ironclaw Weapon Market. Adventures for this location. Garthwin the Great. The long-lost lair of Garthwin the Gate. A, a mage, those powers of elemental magic were largely considered to be on compare. Has long remained a mystery. Until now. Alright, beginning that adventure. Your arrival at the Iron Claw weapon market does not go unnoticed. The moment you set foot in the old city watchtower, you spot three street urchins watching you from behind a stack of battles near the sentry arch. First, you suspect the grubby-faced children in ragged clothing are thieves. Perhaps I see you up for a bit of trickery. However, when they quickly dart off, Turn a few moments later when the company of a young and beautiful waving-haired woman addresses you by name. You realise at once you're in the presence of the woman you've come here to meet. The woman known to Thineback as Silver. Get out of here, she snaps at the loy, urchins loitering her sides. When they hesitate, she loosens a string that fastens a bulging coin purse to her belt and tosses the pouch to one of the children. The youngsters run off with their prize and Silver smiles. You know who I am, she says. And I certainly know who you are. Let's go somewhere away from all this bustle. Found to remain on guard, you nod your consent and follow the wavishing young woman out of the market and into a nearby tavern. You can hardly believe everything Thyrebacks told you about me, she says, as the two of you take up residence in the corner of the table furthest from the fire, fire, fire in the old, old hog alehouse. He's told you anything at all, that is. He likes to keep things a bit mysterious, as you might have noticed. So have you come prepared to deal, deal for what it is I have to offer? Before you can reply, a serving girl appears out of the crowd and places two frothing flagons on the table. You instinctively prepare to hand her two gold tokens. But Silver shakes her head, and the girl turns to pass, once again disappearing into the throng of patrons. This is my place, she says. Well, in a certain sense, anyway. Where is it? Firebank swiftly empties, empties a tanker, then stares expectantly at you. You realise she's waiting for you to produce the wooden cube given to you by Firebank. So I can show her the wooden cube, or tell her I do not have the wooden cube. Okay, I'm going to show her the wooden cube, because this is its only thing it does. As you, you draw out the wooden cube from among your possessions, hold it up for Silver to see. She, up, she rolls her eyes and frowns. 
It's not quite as I expected to be, she says. That's another thing you'll learn with Thienbach on any if you deal with Thienbach on any sort of regular basis. He has a penchant for exaggeration, particularly to suit his immediate purposes. Let me see the cube. Realising they have no reason to outright distrust her, seeing that it was time back herself who gave you the cube to give to her, you politely comply and hand her the wooden cube. And she's got it now. Silver examines the wooden cube and then laughs. She places a curious object in one of her pockets and promptly raises her hand. The serving girl reappears at the edge of the table for moments and sets down two more flagons of the house ale. The raven-haired beauty raises the wagon, winks at you, and proceeds to drown its filth-frothing contents with alarming speed and proficiency. She wipes her mouth with the back of her sleeve, and it unapologetically expels a healthy belch and sighs. Well then, she says, squeezing out of the, w- the words between long, pronounced yawns. I suppose you'll want to hear my end of things. With that, the raven-haired beauty... Curtly tells you how to find the long-lost lair of Garthrim, dealing, detailing for you a rather desolate location in the forest west of Tarnanus. We part here today as friends, she says. She rises from the table and bows. I should think that you and I might be of mutual assistance to one another from time to time. I hope you find what you're looking for in that place. Before you can say anything to her, she turns and slips off into the alehouse crowd and is lost from sight. So taking a few moments to finish your ale, you stand, make your way out of the old hog and then out of Talus, following the concise directions Silver has given you. Directions which you hope will lead you to the lair you seek. The trek into the forest west of Talus, faithfully following the directions provided to you by Silver proves exceptionally difficult, as the thick woodland terrain possesses countless hazards and several nearly impassable areas, causing you to backtrack more than once. At last, as you pass into an area dominated by ancient hardwoods and towering tree-lined ridges, you find yourself at the lip of of the narrow valley in which Silver indicated the lair resides. Making your way into the narrow vale proves most arduous but after nearly two hours of slow, treacherous hiking, you find yourself in the spot she indicated. The long-hidden location of Garthwin the Great's lair. You stand between two imposing tree-lined ridges at the bottom of a narrow valley, deep in the forest west of Tyrannus. At your feet is a dark opening in the earth, through which you can see a mossy set of stone steps descending into the impenetrable gloom. This is the spot you arrived at, following the directions given to you by Silver, Feinbach's so-called confederate. According to Silver and Feinbach, this is the infamous, long-lost lair of Garthrin the Great. It is within this shadowy lair that Feinbach convinced you you will find one of the two remaining dreadstones. I think it might be safe to try and west here, should you need to. So I can west here... But you're going to need to heal, but I don't. So I now descend into the shadowy lair. After taking one last look around at your desolate but beautiful surroundings, you carefully make your way down the steep set of mossy steps 
and into the shadowy lair. You stand at the bottom of a steep step, step of damp, moss-covered steps that ascend out of sight into the shadows overhead. The wide passage you're in extends north and south from here, disappearing into the unsettling gloom in both directions, both directions at only a few yards. So I'm near the southwest corner, and I'm just going to go there now. For your trusted light source, scattering the gloom before you, you cautiously make your way through the wide corridors of this long-forgotten lair. Right, southwest corner, coming up. As you reach, reach a bend in the passage, you suddenly stop dead in your tracks as your eyes fall upon a nightmarish sight emerging out of the gloom ahead. Standing in battle formation, blocking the entire section of the corridor in front of you, is a sizable legion of armoured skeletal warriors. It is difficult to determine the exact number. We estimate there were at least two dozen of the fleshless undead present. Standing at the centre of the hideous formation, nearly two feet taller than the undead warriors that surround him, is a robed skeleton clutching a rusty, broad-bladed broad-bladed sword in his thick bone fingers. Now and again, the apparent leader of the undead legion rises his sword, causing the skeletons under his charge to follow suit with their own crude and decaying weapons. You're thankful you haven't yet been spotted. So I can sneak by to the east, sneak to the north, I'll just deal with them and approach the Skeletal Legion. You boldly step towards the Skeletal Legion, and at once the fiendish warriors turn in your direction. The clatter of bones and the rattle of armour fills the passage as the gruesome undead force swiftly draws themselves into battle formation. The leader of the vicious undead creatures rises his rusted sword and levels it at you. Without hesitation, the fleshless soldiers take a step forward. You sense that the skeletal legion is preparing to charge forward and engage you. So I can flee, I can fight them, or more interestingly, I can use necromancy, which I will. Succeeded. 64x speed to necromancy. You channel your power of necromancy and focus it on the entire skeletal legion hoping you could convince the long-dead warriors to return to the grave. Almost at once, the armoured's fleshless regiment halts their steady advance. Then, after several tense moments, the entire legion collapses to the floor with a loud clatter. Your attempt to return the undead fiends to their eternal west has succeeded. Only the robed leader of the now-departed skeletons remains. With only the clank of his rusted plate armour echoing eerily off the moss-covered passage walls, the robe, sword-wielding leader, Skeletal Legion, steps frequently towards you. Attack the towering skeleton. Without warning, the fierce, your fearsome undead foe rushes forward and attacks, striking out at you with this rusted but deadly instrument of war. It's a towering robed skeleton. The rope skeletal warrior steps silently forward and attacks. And is now slain. 5 XP.
32 XP to General, who stepped back and inhaled, exhaled sharply as the towering plate-armoured skeleton collapses into a heap of rusted iron and splint bone in the centre of the corridor. You make a quick search of the gruesome creature's remains and are surprised to find a wood and bone crown lying nearby. Decide to pick up the item and take it with you. Taking a few moments to check over your equipment and to catch your breath, you once again set off to resume your exploration of this shadowy lair. What is this wooden blown clown? This, this plain wooden crown has been inlaid with several stri thin strips of polished bone. And it's got one encumbrance. Oh no! Okay, moving along the south side. Tall, faceless statue of an armoured warrior stands against the wall in the section of the car. But a narrow indent circles the top portion of this statue's head. Ooh, like there's something that's supposed to go on this head. Like this wooden bone crown, which I shall use. 16 XP to General. You place the thin crown of wooden bone atop the head of the statue and discover it fits perfectly. From somewhere far off in the gloom, the unmistakable creep, creak of some heavy metal object reaches your ears. Adorning the head of the faceless statue is a wood and bone crown you placed upon it. Okay. So I'm in, right in the middle of the south side, and this is a. This dungeon forms a square. And there's two question marks leading into the middle. With the crusted light source scattering the gloom before you, cautiously make your way through the wide corridors of the long forgotten lair. You're standing before a tall iron door at the end of the passage. The door has no visible latch, and as you step closer to it, you find yourself repelled by a deep and inexplicable sense of dread. Several complex symbols have been engraved upon the surface of the door. You're all but certain it is protected by powerful magic. Your eyes are suddenly drawn to something lying on the ground at the foot of the door. A closer examination of the item reveals it to be a mould-covered leather-bound book. I'll take it. You reach down and take hold of the mould-covered book. You quickly examine the book and determine it is a journal that appears to have been kept by Garthwin. So, it's a mouldy journal. Note. To see if you can read any part of this journal, examine it in more detail by clicking on it in your inventory. View. Difficult to make out any of the text that scrawled on the mould-covered passages of this journal. But one passage is clear enough to read. Yeah, and this... See how what terrible state this book is? That's possibly why we should have kept the Tome of Ages where it was. Read the passage. It's difficult to make out any of the text that's scrawled on the mold-covered pages of the journal, but one passage is clear enough to read. This place was never meant to be my tomb. It was to be a place of solitude. In its halls, a path to profound enlightenment. It's become a grave. I cursed the day I laid eyes upon that stone. So wonderful and so dreadful it is. So grand and so cruel. 
Had I still the other two of its kin, things might now be very different. The stone is taking deep offence at the loft of brethren, who has little that may be done about it now. I suppose the goblins that stole it are now firmly under its spell. They are weak creatures, and these cursed rocks prey upon weakness. There is naught I can do but wait out my remaining days, here in what were to be happy halls, where the stone cannot bring harm to others through me. Times I think perhaps it is not the stone at all, but something beyond, something peering through it, piercing its opaque surface with a gaze both distant and chilling. The stone has began attracting the walking dead. I can only surmise that these wretched creatures are also under its spell. Perhaps in some day now long, now lost forever in the shadows of time, they too possess the stone. It's frightful to think that its sinister call may never be silenced. If someone should find their way to the heart of this place, I pray they will leave me as they find me and take away that which is undoing me, that which I cannot bear to part with, that which, if given the chance, would surely bring the world to the doorstep of ruin. Towards the bottom of the journal page, in a bolder script than the rest, the name Garthwin has been scrawled. So... Okay, so nothing there. So... These stones, apparently, they ruin you. Okay. Okay, I've, I've got to get them all, and then throw them into Mount Doom or something. Got to do something that just gets them out of the way. Yes, I think, yeah, throwing into a volcano. That would probably do. I don't think there are any volcanoes around here, though. Hmm. Not to go into none of those neverwhere realms of fire. Yeah, those would do. Yeah. Okay, coming on the southeast corner. As you reach a bend in the passage, you suddenly stop dead in your tracks. Your eyes fall upon a nightmarish sight emerging out of the gloom ahead, standing in battle formation. Blocking the entire section of the corridor in front of you is a sizable legion of armoured skeletal warriors. It is difficult to determine their exact number, but you estimate there are at least two dozen of the fleshless undead present. Standing at the centre of the hideous formation, nearly two feet taller than the undead warriors that surround him, is a massive skeleton clutching a rusty, broad-bladed sword and thick bone fingers. Now and again, the apparent legion of the, the apparent leader of the undead legion rises his sword, causing the citizens of his charge to follow suit with their own crude, decaying weapons. You're thankful you haven't yet been spotted. So approach this skeletal legion too. You boldly step towards the skeletal legion, and at once the fiendish undead warriors turn in your direction. The clatter of bones and the rattle of armour fills the passage as the gruesome undead force swiftly draw themselves into a battle formation. The leader of the vicious undead raises his rusted sword and levels at you without hesitation. 
his fleshless soldiers take a step forward. We sense that the skeletal legion is preparing to charge forward and engage him. So can fight, flee, or necromancy. Necromancy once more. He succeeded. 64 at speed and necromancy. You channel your power of necromancy. Focus it on the entire skeletal legion. Hoping you convince the long dead warriors to return to the grave. Almost at once, the armoured fleshless regiment halts their steady advance. Then, after several tense moments, the entire skeletal legion collapses to the floor with a loud clatter. You attempt to return the, turn the undead fiends to their eternal west has succeeded. Only the massive leader of the now departed skeletons remains. With, o with only the clank of his rusty plate armour echoing eerily off the moss-covered passage walls, the massive, sword-wielding leader of the Skeletal Legion steps threateningly towards you. Attack the towering skeleton! Without warning, the fearsome undead foe rushes forward and attacks, striking out at you with his rusted but deadly instrument of war. It's a towering, massive skeleton. That's right! Both towering and massive. The massive skeletal warrior steps silently forward and attacks. Your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for 11 damage. But now it is slain. 5 XP. 32 XP to general. You step back and exhale sharply as the towering plate-armored skeleton collapses into a heap of rusted iron and splintered bone in the centre of the corridor. You make a quick search of the gruesome creature's remains, are surprised to find a wood and bone crown lying nearby. You decide to pick up the item and take it with you. It's the same as the last one. After taking a few moments to check over equipment and to catch your breath, you once again set off to resume your exploration of this shadowy lair. Alright, going on the east, up the east side, it's another statue. The tall, faceless statue of an armoured warrior stands against the wall in this section of the corridor. A narrow indent circles the top portion of the statue's head. Use the wooden bone crown. 16 XP to general. You place the thin crown of wood and bone atop the head of the statue and discover it fits perfectly. From somewhere far off in the gloom, the unmistakable creak of some heavy, heavy metal object reaches your ears. Okay, going up. Going now to the northeast corner. As you reach a bend in the passage, you suddenly stop dead in your tracks. As your eyes fall upon a nightmarish sight emerging out of the gloom ahead. Standing in battle formation, blocking the entire section of corridor in front of you, is a sizable legion of armoured skeletal warriors. It's difficult to determine their exact number, but you estimate there were at least two dozen of the fleshless undead present. Standing at the centre of the hideous formation, nearly two feet taller than the undead warriors surrounding, is a headless skeleton clutching a rusty, broad-bladed sword in his thick bone fingers. Now and again, 
the apparent leader of the undead legion rises his sword, causing the skeletons under his charge to follow suit with their own crude and decaying weapons. You're thankful you haven't yet been sotted. I approach the skeletal legion. You boldly step towards the skeletal legion. At once, the fiendish undead warriors turn in your direction. The clatter of bones and the rattle of armour fill the passage as the gruesome undead force swiftly draw themselves into a battle formation. The leader of the vicious undead creatures rises his rusted sword and levels it at you. And without hesitation, his fleshless soldiers take a step forward. You sense the skeletal legions preparing to charge forward and engage you. Once again, use necromancy. Succeeded. Another 64 XP to necromancy. You channel your power of necromancy and focus it on the entire skeletal legion, hoping you convince the long dead warriors to return to the grave. Almost at once, the armoured, fleshless regiment halts their steady advance. Then, after several tense moments, the entire legion collapses to the floor with a loud clatter. Your attempt to return the undead fiends to the eternal west has succeeded. Only, only the headless leader of the now departed skeletons remains. Wait, headless? With, a, with only the clank of his rusted plate armour, echoing eerily off the, the moss-covered passage walls, the headless, sword-wielding leader, the skeletal legion, steps menacingly towards you. Attack the towering skeleton. Without warning, your fleshless undead foe rushes forward and attacks, striking at you with his rusted but deadly instrument of war. It's a towering, headless skeleton. I fight it. The headless skeletal warrior steps silently forward and attacks and is slain. 5 XP, 32 experience to general. You step back and exhale sharply as the towering plate-armoured skeleton collapses into, the, into a heap of rusted iron and splintered bone in the centre of the corridor. You make a quick search of the gruesome creature's remains and are surprised to find a wood and bone crowd lying nearby. You decide to pick up the item and take it with you. This plain wooden crown has been inlaid with several thin strips of polished bone. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment to catch your breath, you once again set off to resume your exploration of this shadowy lair. Okay, now I'm on the north side, going to the west. A tall, faceless statue of an armoured warrior stands against the wall in this section of corridor. A narrow dent circles the top portion of the statue's head. So, use the wood and bone crown. 16 XP to general. You place the thin crown of wood and bone atop the head of the statue and discover it fits perfectly. From somewhere far off in the gloom, the unmistakable creak some heavy metal object reaches your ears. Alright, just one more corner to go. Moving to the northwest corner, 
As you reach a bend in the passage, you suddenly stop dead in your tracks as your eyes fall upon a nightmarish sight emerging from the gloom ahead. Standing in battle formation, blocking the entire section of corridor in front of you, is a sizable legion of armoured skeletal warriors. It is difficult to determine their exact number, but you estimate there are at least two dozen of them fleshless undead present. Standing at the centre of the hideous formation, nearly two feet taller than the undead warriors that surround him, is a helm skeleton, clutching a rusty, broad-bladed sword in his thick, bone fingers. Now and again, the apparent leader of the undead legion washes his sword, raises his sword, causing the skeletons under his charge to follow suit. Suit with their own crude and decaying weapons. You're thankful you haven't yet been spotted. Approach the legion. You boldly step towards the skeletal legion. That wants the fiendish undead warriors turning your direction. The clatter of bones and the rattle of armour fill the passage. As the gruesome undead force swiftly draw themselves into battle formation. The leader of the vicious undead creatures... Raises his crusted sword and levels it at you. Without hesitation, his fleshless soldiers take a step forward. You sense that the skeletal legion is preparing to charge forward and engage you. So I use necromancy for the fourth time. You channel 64x speed to necromancy. You channel your power of necromancy and focus it on the entire skeletal legion. Hoping you can convince the long dead warriors to return to the grave. Almost at once, the armoured, fleshless regiment halts their steady advance. Then after several tense moments, the entire legion collapses to the floor with a loud clatter. Your attempt to return the undead fiends to their eternal west has succeeded. Only the helmed leader of the now departed skeletons remains. With only the clank, the clank of his rusted plate armor echoing eerily off the past passage walls, the helmed, sword-wielding leader of the skeletal legion steps threateningly towards you. Attack the towering skeleton! Without warning, the fierce, your fearsome undead foe rushes forward and attacks, striking out at you with his rusted but deadly instrument of war. It's a towering helm skeleton, and I begin combat against it. The helm skeleton warrior steps silently forward and attacks. And I attack too as I swing my mace. And it is slain. 5 XP. 32 XP to general. You step back and exhale sharply as the towering plate-armoured skeleton collapses into a heap of rusted iron and splintered bone in the centre of the corridor. You quake a sit quick surge of the, the gruesome creature's remains and are surprised to find a bone, wood and bone crown lying nearby. Decide to pick up the item and take it with you. For taking a few moments to check over equipment and to catch your breath, you once again set off to resume your exploration of this shadowy lair. Okay, the tall, faceless statue of an armoured warrior 
stands against a wall in this section of corridor. A narrow indent circles the top portion of the statue's head. That's where I'm going to put the crown. 16 XP to General. You place the thin crown of wood and bone atop the head of the statue and discover it fits perfectly. Somewhere far off than gloom, the unmistakable creak of some heavy metal object reaches your ears. Right, I think that's all of them. Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, hello. I'll just start this section again. You're standing before a tall iron door at the end of the passage. The door has no visible latch. As you step closer to yourself, you find yourself repelled by a deep and inexplicable sense of dread. Several complex symbols have been engraved upon the surface of the door. You're but certain it's protected by powerful magic. Suddenly, without warning, and with a groan that reverberates along the length of the corridor, the massive iron door swings slowly inwards. Step through the open door. Step through the open iron door and into a small chamber lit by the brilliant but erratic glow, glow emitted by writhing tines of energy. Four iron doors, each of them standing open, offer exits from the small chamber north, south, east, and west. Next to each of these doors, burning with pale blue flames, are poor. Four ensconced torches, the ghostly flames that blaze atop the torches produce no heat and only an extremely faint flickering light. So the very centre of this room, however, has immediately captures your attention, for there, suspended in mid-air, encased in a crackling web of blue lightning, is the woed body of a, of a white-bearded elderly man. Despite his apparent predicament, the eyes by Iron's eyes are closed, and his withered face bears a peaceful look and suggestion of deep sleep. His chest rises and falls slowly, but rhythmically. You are certain this is Gartherin, so I can approach the suspended figure of Gartherin. A large stone chest stands against the southern wall of the chamber. The chest's heavy lid is closed. Approach the suspended figure of Garthwin. As you approach the suspended, lightning-encased figure in the centre of the chamber, chamber, you spot a tall, iron lever protruding from the floor. Though you can't be certain, you believe pulling the lever might release the white-bearded man from his suspended state. Hmm, no, no, no. The journal said leave him be. So even though I know this will result in a small reward, XP reward, I will not do it. Step away from the suspended ban. Examine the chest. The chest is not locked, but as you draw it near to it, overcome by a powerful sense of dread, open the chest anyway. Almost at once, the heavy stone lid, you open, you grasp the edge of the heavy stone lid and push it forwards. Almost at once, an overpowering awe of fear washes over you. Pick a number. Bonus of 20 from spirit. Success needs 50 or more. Success! 
managed to steady your nerves and ward off the more potent and draining effects of the aura animating from the now-open chest. With your heart pounding, you leap forward and peer into the chest. You peer into the open chest and your eyes immediately fall upon a fist-sized, smooth grey stone. Three small figures, each with its arms and legs awkwardly posed, carved into the surface of the stone. It's a dread stone. Take the stone. A powerful sense of dread comes over you as you take hold of the smooth grey stone at the bottom of the chest. There we are, that's the second dreadstone. A sudden movement to your left startles you. You turn to find, much to your horror, the white-bearded man, though still suspended in the midst of a web of lightning, has opened his eyes. The old man turns his head in your direction, causing your heart to skip a beat as the sinister glaze falls upon you. An enraged look passes over his withered, white-bearded face. His stare shifts to the stone you now clutch tightly, your white hand. You immediately sense he is not taken kindly to your removal of a dread spoon from his chest. Despite his unsettling turn of events, you're certain you could not now bring yourself to part with the stone, even if you wanted to. Suddenly, the white-haired man closes his eyes and returns to his, pre his previous peaceful state. Okay, I'm going to retreat, leave, to, leave via the doorway to the west. Head back west. Okay, um, I've got the dreadstone, that's all I need to get from here. You stand at the bottom of a steep stepped set of damp, moss-covered steps descend out of sight into the shadows above. The wide passage you're in extends north and south from here, disappearing into the unsettling gloom in both directions to only a few yards. Climb the stairs and leave this place. You carefully make your way up the slick, mossy steps that soon emerge from the gloom into the welcome light of day. You've taken less than ten steps from the dark opening in the earth through which you've climbed, and a violent tremor shakes the ground below your feet. You spin around to find a thick cloud of dust rising up through the opening. Oh, of course it does. It's the tomb walls. That any, that any tomb will collapse once the treasure inside it has been took. Although at least this one, rated to what was actually outside the tomb to collapse, which is quite considerate, really. When the dust clears, you're shocked to discover that the steep steps that once descended into the lair, well, Garth and the Great are no more. Only darkness greets your gaze as you peer into the peer into the opening. So, taking one last look around, you turn and make your way east, back towards Talonus, where you hope to reach the city gates before dusk. You return, you return to Talonus is long and difficult, and you're plagued by the constant and nagging suspicion you're being followed, and watched and followed. Now and again, you abruptly change course, tempted to throw any would-be pursuers off your trail. 
But time after time, the eerie feeling your every step is falling onto the watchful gaze of an unseen, lurking presence returns to fill you with a growing sense of dread. You arrive at the gates of the capital of Tysa, long after night has fallen. Fortunately, there's no curfew here, so that's not going to cause any problems. Okay, you have finished Garthwin the Great. I've got 768 experience to general, and 64 experience to all skills and powers. And with that... And with that... Oh, wait, one more thing to do. Let's show Frime back these. Let's go show Frime back what we just got. Visit the Goblin Claw in. Yep, it's a Whamshackle in. Take a seat in the common room. Approach Thymeback's table. 512 experience to general. Thymeback is overjoyed when you report him the success of your endeavour, detailing for him your excursion to the long-lost lair guard from the gate. Great, and your discovery of the dreadstone. Don't let me see them, either of them. He says, holding up his hands of his had emphasis to his words. Had a peek at one of them, but that's enough. Well done, Zoop. Now, if we could only find the third one, well, give it a little time, I suppose. The remount adventurer promptly calls the two flags flagons, and as you consume the witch brew, you fill him in on some of the details of your adventure. At length, you prepare to take your leave of Fineback telling him he will let him know if you find the third dreadstone. And should I hear word of anything, I'll be letting you know, he says. Well, well done again, Soup. You bid Thymbeck farewell, make your way out of the Goblin Claw. Okay, and a new adventure has appeared somewhere. Somewhere in this list. In the South Foot region. The Giants of Gallotop is a new adventure. That will be done later. Probably quite a bit later. But until then... Well, next time? Well, we'll just, we'll just see. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.